listening to the Pharmacy Podcast Network. Welcome to the Future of Pharmacy Podcast, featuring the innovators transforming medication management. The Future of Pharmacy Podcast is brought to you by OmniCell. Welcome to the Future of Pharmacy Podcast. I'm Sabrina Cole, OmniCell's Director of the Autonomous Pharmacy Advisory Board and Thought Leadership, and I'm your guest host for this edition of the Future of Pharmacy Podcast. Thank you for joining us today. The COVID-19 pandemic has reminded us of the importance of nurses in our lives and why we must invest in their development and well-being. Healthcare is one of the hardest hit areas of the Great Resignation, with stress and burnout leading to nurses leaving the profession in high numbers. Today, we'll hear from a pharmacist and a nurse leader about how leveraging technology can help to limit the impact of nursing and pharmacy staff shortages. Staffing is the number one problem facing employers today, with healthcare being especially impacted. A shortage of qualified employees has plagued nearly every healthcare area, with a loss of more than a half a million jobs since the onset of the COVID-19 pandemic. Today, our guest and I will discuss how we can combat the labor shortages, especially when it impacts nurses and other pharmacy personnel. First, I'd like to introduce Lisa Smithgall, Senior Vice President and Chief Nursing Executive with Ballad Health. Also joining us on today's podcast is Trish Tanner, Vice President and Chief Pharmacy Officer, also of Ballad Health. Lisa and Trish, welcome to our program. Thank you very much, Sabrina. I'm glad to be here. Me too. I'm looking forward to our discussion today. Lisa, if you'll please start and tell our audience about your nursing background and your experience leading nursing as Chief Nursing Executive at Ballot Health. Sure, I'd be happy to do so. I have over 35 years of nursing experience and over 30 in nursing leadership. I've been the Chief Nursing Executive at Ballot Health since the formation of Ballot Health when the two health systems in our region merged in 2018. It's been a very challenging experience for me as leading the health system during the pandemic provided a very new experience that really highlighted the nursing shortage and some of the things we're going to talk about today. Thank you, Lisa. Can, can you also tell me more about Ballad Health and the areas that you serve? Also, what steps have you taken to address nursing shortages at your health system? Ballot Health is a healthcare improvement organization that serves the 29 county service area in Northeast Tennessee, Southwest Virginia, Northwest North Carolina, and Southeastern Kentucky. It is the service area of the Appalachian Highlands. The mission that we have, of course, is to serve for the health of patients. We do that across the continuum of care. And our health system acute care facilities include critical access hospitals, small and large community hospitals, and tertiary facilities. We serve approximately a million people through those 21 hospitals, through our post-acute care network and behavioral health services, and an extensive multi-specialty group physician practice. In addition to that, we have a huge focus on population health and preventive medicine. Some of our facilities are in very remote areas, which makes the nursing shortage that is impacting the United States significant for our area as rural health areas across the country are impacted more in the recruitment and retainment of staff, especially in a very mobile society. 
Also, the things that are contributing to the nursing shortage today, different from the many nursing shortages that have happened over time, where we have a cycle of a shortage and then we have an increase in the nursing profession and then a shortage again. We have a very unique shortage at this time that is a combination of many factors, including the retirement of baby boomers, in addition to the fact that nursing as a profession has changed. And in the beginning of my career, primarily the workforce for nursing occupation included acute care hospitals and small jobs as school nurses or a few practices in physician practices. Today, however, the job market is very open for nursing professionals. Nursing has taken a place of employment in insurance agencies, in prisons, in business and industry, in a lot of day activities for day surgery or dialysis centers or multiple practice areas that happen in an area that is more conducive to work-life balance. Hospitals and acute care facilities are now taking care of very sick people 24 hours a day, 365 days a year on holidays and weekends and nights. And it is often not an attractive position when many different opportunities exist. We're also taking care in our acute care facilities of very, very sick people as the dynamics of healthcare have changed over the years and individuals move to an outpatient or a lower acuity environment as quickly as possible after their acute healthcare episode, making the patients in the hospital very, very sick. So working in a hospital is certainly a challenging role. Ballot Health has addressed the labor shortage for nursing in, in many ways, but certainly we're still impacted by and have very many vacancies in our facilities. We've looked at flexible positions. We've created goals to bring retired nurses back into the workforce. We've made positions that are attractive to nurses who potentially have childcare issues that they can take care of their children, get them to school, go to work for a few hours and be there to pick the children up. In addition to that, we have impacted our nursing vacancy issues by supporting innovative activities as well, including technology and telehealth options. We have implemented the patient safety companion telehealth option where we have in a separate area of a central location, video monitoring where individuals who are unlicensed can watch seven to 10 patients a piece, and they help to keep those patients safe from falling and communicate with our nursing staff when a patient is at risk or if something's happening that is untoward that they need to address. It relieves nursing from having to be continuously vigilant about that patient and able to perform the other tasks of their roles. In addition to that, we've implemented a virtual nursing assistant kind of role with licensed nurses. Nurses can be admitting the patients in the electronic health record through a virtual option where a camera and mobile card are placed in the patient room. And the, the nurse interacts with the patient, collects all of that admission data and paperwork and information about medication history and all those things that you collect on admission of a patient to acute care facility. And it helps the on-site patient care provider save upwards of 36 to 45 minutes per patient to be able to function on the other tasks of nursing for those other patients while someone's just collecting that paperwork kind of information. So that's a few examples, Sabrina, of what we've done to address the labor shortages at Ballot Health.
Lisa, thank you so much. Sounds like a lot of creative solutions to address the challenges that you're experiencing. Trish, you're a longtime pharmacy professional and pharmacy leader. Would you please share some details about your background and role as chief pharmacy officer at Ballot Health? And also, could you please address why healthcare workers are in short supply, leading to problems with care and with income? I'm a University of Florida pharmacy graduate, and I received my MBA at Jacksonville University. And then later, I completed a fellowship with the advisory board. I've been with Valid since its inception in 2018, and I have a personal and a professional interest in artificial intelligence and furthering the adoption of intelligent solutions in the autonomous pharmacy to combat pharmacy and other healthcare labor shortages. Staffing is the number one problem facing employers today with healthcare significantly impacted. It's likely everybody listening to today's podcast is painfully aware of this, but the staffing shortages are really not new. However, the combination of the pandemic burnout and other job stressors is leading to increased turnover. And for the first time since 2004, financial performance was not the number one concern for our hospital CEOs. Now it's labor shortages. The CEOs expect the ramifications of labor shortages to have far-reaching impacts, including reducing the quality of patient care, increasing workloads for the remaining staff, slowing delivery of medications, and process inefficiencies that can lead to error, and last but not least, the growing operational cost. Thank you, Trish. So the great resignation has certainly put a spotlight on the growing nursing labor shortage. A study by McKinsey found that nurses are leaving the workforce at higher rates than they did a decade ago. Lisa, as chief nursing executive at Ballot Health, how have you and your team been tackling the nursing shortage head on? Sure, I'd be happy to do so. At Ballot Health, we have implemented a lot of communication with our nursing teams to find out about their needs on the job and how can we make the work that they do be more fulfilling and make them feel really good about the work that they do. Most nursing departments across the United States currently have flexed ratios or stretched ratios based on the absence of the critical number of resources that you need. We've done a lot of work at Ballot Health to provide the nurses who may be in a stretched ratio with support in an unlicensed capacity to help them be able to perform the work of their patient care provision without having to do activities that take away from the need that they can only perform patient care at their license level. And we've done that through a couple different ways. We've worked with our academic institutions around the region and identified flex unlicensed roles for students in all applications of clinical academic education. And when I say that, I mean medical students and pharmacy students, nursing students, respiratory therapy students. If they're in a clinical program, we've offered them some unlicensed flex hours where they can practice in an acute care environment, but it also supports the patient care provision that we're doing. In addition to that, we've really increased the number of CNA training programs that we've offered, and we offer those throughout our service area in our hospitals. We've extended that to high schools. We've also worked with the state of Tennessee and have had approval for a virtual theory-based 
option so that the individuals who want to be CNAs in our region can do an online program for the theoretical portion and then do their clinical in the hospital environment in a very reduced number of hours where they have to be on site before they can start to work in that role. By having those unlicensed individuals, it really does support nursing team members who may have a little bit higher nurse to patient ratio. In addition to that, we recognize that nurses are leaving the workforce at a higher rate. And McKinsey's study recently showed that 32% of respondents indicated they were likely to leave their current position in direct patient care. And many are even leaving the workforce entirely. This is up significantly from the previous year where it was about 20%. And Ballot Health, similarly to many hospitals in the nation, have experienced an increase in turnover and vacancy. And we're seeing that increase that is reflective of that survey. Unfortunately, with the increasing number of baby boomer nurses leaving the workforce for retirement, there is an expected to be an, a continued 1 million nurses that are going to retire by the year 2030. So we know that this isn't an issue that's going to be resolved in the immediate future. Further, the nursing licenses of new nurses entering the profession are only growing at 4%. And this is related to many different factors. In addition to hospitals having nursing vacancy, our academic nursing programs across the United States are also experiencing vacancy of faculty as their baby boomer faculty are retiring. In addition, academics generally pays a lower salary than acute care or a healthcare system. So it's often difficult for um, academic institutions to recruit faculty to those positions to train new nurses. We have found that potentially there are less applicants right now as well. There are many holes in programs where they could fill additional students, but they don't have the applicants. So at Ballot Health, Similarly, we're working on pipeline programs and how can we work with our high schools and other areas to identify individuals who have affinity for healthcare or want to work in a healthcare position and don't have the knowledge about how to get into it or what resources might be available for them to get that application. We've worked with our schools, we've worked with scholarship and tuition reimbursement and multiple other factors that can help to recruit new individuals to the healthcare profession. In another survey that was recently published from Hospital IQ, they found that the manual tasks are a crucial source of frustration for patient care providers. So that's just just another reason why it's really helpful that you have those unlicensed pipeline activities to get new people to enter the profession in an unlicensed role. And CNAs or students can really help with that activity as well. Lisa, those are really important statistics as well as considerations for us to know all of the different factors leading to this challenge. And we really need to recognize what's happening and consider all of our options to address the nursing shortages. However, nursing isn't the only area that's experiencing these labor challenges. Trish, what would you like to add from a pharmacy perspective when it comes to staffing and labor shortages? Well, Sabrina, as you referenced earlier, over half a million healthcare workers have left the industry since 2020. And this has just exacerbated our staffing shortages that existed before the start of the pandemic. And pharmacy is another one of the really hard hit areas. The U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics projects significant numbers of pharmacists and technicians will be needed throughout the next decade. 
peers that I speak with say that we're now competing with pharmacy technicians leaving for comparable positions in retail, fast food, banking, insurance. I mean, just across the spectrum, we're losing our pharmacy technicians. We recognize that medication is our primary treatment modality, with the exception perhaps of patients who come in for labs. Pharmacy touches nearly every patient that we see across our organization. So an assessment of current workflows and the utilization of automated dispensing systems can reveal opportunities to enhance both functionality and improve workflow for our clinical staff. With our new automation install, we've found new functionality through interoperability with the EHR that enhances the workflow for our nurses, providers, and improves the experience for both our teams and ultimately our patients. We've found opportunity for improvement in the areas of controlled substance management, radiology, obstetrics, and PACU workflows. Ensuring that you have solid processes will enhance the overall performance of both the software and hardware. We continue to optimize workflow with anesthesia in our anesthesia workstations in both our operative and procedural areas. We also collaborate on creative positions where we can engage our pharmacy technicians, focus on retention, and ways to recruit new pharmacy technicians as well into a career track. Some of those roles, specifically across Ballad, as many other organizations, I'm sure, include central field services, environmental monitoring, medication history technicians, controlled substance specialist coordinators for 340B, medication assistance program specialist, inventory analyst, telepharmacy. We have IT roles with our EHR and medication automation and other programs with telepharmacy and hospital at home. So Lisa, what are some options to assist nurses during this shortage? I think it's really important that as leaders in in a healthcare organization that we recognize the stress and the workload activities that our nurses have. And we've done that at Ballad Health by having ongoing listening sessions with our leadership and our nurses to find out what is frustrating for them in the work environment. What can we do to ease some of the stress that they have from their overworked status where they have many, many activities and the perception that they don't have enough time to get it all done and to get it done at the level that they want to. And some of the things that we've talked about with our teams recently include the delivery of medications and the way to do that safely. And we have implemented, of course, many activities that help the nurse because when you're very, very busy or you feel like you have a lot of things to go on, you're sometimes very fragmented in your thought process and it can impact patient safety. So we wanted to make sure we have as many safety mechanisms in place. And of course, the appropriate interoperability of the electronic health record with the work that they do is important to reduce documentation. And medication can certainly be a way that that's done. You can scan your patient, scan your medication. It automatically gets into your electronic health record and it can alert you to a safety issue if in fact you've grabbed the wrong medication or you have the wrong patient. So our nurses are really appreciative of that kind of technology that supports them in their work because no nurse comes to work and wants to do something that harms a patient. So anything that we can do in leadership to support that with technology to make the work very safe in a time when it's very stressful is critically important. 
In addition, it's really important that we have automated controlled substance management functionality. That's really important when the nurse is not near the original cabinet, potentially where she has to waste medication. So we want to make sure we have a really good process where there's good documentation that helps the nurse as well. Other actions that can help with improving the environment would be the implementation of a closed loop integration of medication accountability. It really helps, especially in our operative environments, this would be good because we have not necessarily had that kind of technology in the past. We know that workloads are heavier, hours are longer, the complexity is greater, and that creates the perfect storm for errors. And if the right technology isn't in place and we continue to see high turnover rate and overworked staff, the potential for error is still present. So combining the automation with the embedded intelligence and services makes medication management more efficient and safer, and all staff can focus on more meaningful tasks. So Trish, could you please elaborate on this a bit further? Automating the pharmacy does not mean replacing staff. Technology can free up our pharmacy staff and clinicians like nurses to focus on more important tasks. A technology-driven pharmacy and an integrated medication delivery system allows both nurses and the pharmacy team to spend more time directly caring for patients. This can mitigate some of the risk of pervasive staffing shortages as pharmacists can better support nurses and physicians through activities like medication reconciliation, chronic condition counseling, medication education, and wellness care. You're listening to the Future of Pharmacy podcast. I'm Sabrina Cole, your guest host, joined today by Trish Tanner and Lisa Smithgall, both with Ballad Health. I want to follow up on something you said, Lisa, around keeping track of controlled substances and the importance of closed loop integration, keeping track of controlled substances that are stored and dispensed in automated dispensing cabinets can be really labor intensive in an environment that's already strained by staffing challenges. So Trish, is there a way to maintain better medication accountability through closed loop integration? Yes, absolutely. Advanced interoperability between the dispensing systems and our EHR speeds up reconciliation by automatically identifying variations between those medications dispensed and those documented as administered or wasted. Rather than reviewing an administrator's long, tedious report, you can track medications issued and administered in real time, along with waste and returns. Truly a closed loop system for us. By automatically populating the cabinet transactions with the electronic health record administration, nurses' waste transactions are streamlined. As a result, compliance, accuracy, and efficiency are enhanced. End of shift reporting saves documentation time. And in fact, you can save 74% of time when comparing administrations to dispenses through integrated closed loop medication accountability. Through automated reconciliation of data from a single source, instead of those manual random spot checks, pharmacy recognizes gains of increased vigilance and accountability for controlled substances. Lisa, the labor shortage certainly tends to feed on itself. What are some other areas we should consider regarding this concerning trend? Focusing on the nursing shortage workforce, including the contributors of 
stress and strain in the environment is critically important because when nurses are working in an environment where they have stretched ratios and they're under-resourced and don't have the support to do the work that they want to do and why they came to the nursing profession to care for people, they become very frustrated in the work environment. And as a result, you may have more turnover by letting that activity perpetuate. So it's really critical that leaders get on top of that and are talking to their team and working to do everything they can to enhance the support of the nursing team while they're providing patient care. There are approximately 3 million practicing RNs in the United States. So 23% is about 700,000 nurses. If people think that's unrealistic, a survey by Elsevier Health found that 47% of US clinicians, doctors, and nurses plan to leave the profession in two to three years. That could be really critical because we are already working in a short workforce resource availability, and we really can't afford to let that happen. So we have to work to turn it around, and Trish can help with that. By leveraging an intelligent infrastructure of automation, robotics, and data intelligence, we can streamline workflows to increase productivity through task automation, helping to free nurses and other clinicians from those labor-intensive manual processes. By transforming nurses and other clinicians' jobs to be more analytical and patient-centered, an organization can redefine healthcare career paths, enabling them to attract and retain more talented workers. Trish, Lisa, I'm grateful for your insights today on this critical topic. That's all the time we have for today. I want to thank our expert guest, Trish Tanner, Vice President and Chief Pharmacy Officer, Ballad Health, and Lisa Smithgall, Senior Vice President and Chief Nursing Executive, Ballad Health. I also want to thank you, our listening audience, for joining us today. For the Future of Pharmacy podcast and OmniCell, I'm Sabrina Cole. Thanks for listening. This has been the Future of Pharmacy podcast featuring the innovators transforming medication management. Until next time, don't get stuck in the clouds. The Future of Pharmacy podcast is brought to you by OmniCell. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.